Pushkin. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified-vehicles slash beyond-zero-vision. Toyota, let's go places. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Last month, I spoke with Dr. Adrian Keene, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and notable Native scholar and author. We talked about native erasure. We covered everything from visibility to land sovereignty to appropriation. But there was one part of our conversation that didn't make it into the episode that I kept returning to when putting together this week's show. If we're thinking about the future and like the climate catastrophe that is coming and everything that is just feels like it's about to come tumbling down around us, indigenous knowledges to me really offer us a pathway forward. We talk about climate change a lot on this show but not often enough with members of Indigenous communities. In fact, Indigenous voices and Native perspectives are noticeably underrepresented in climate conversations overall on a global scale. But the NDN Collective, an Indigenous-led organization based in South Dakota, believes that effective climate policy can only be achieved by considering all communities, perspectives, and solutions. Indigenous peoples across the world are the world's first climate scientists. We were understanding ecosystems and how they worked long before Columbus set foot, you know, in the Americas, long before there was such a thing as a climate scientist. Jade Begay is the director of the Indian Collective's Climate Justice Campaign and is Navajo and Tusuki Pueblo of New Mexico. Much of her work centers around including Indigenous voices in climate discussions and finding opportunities to employ Indigenous solutions in the fight for our future. I want to see climate policy informed by our people for our people. We spoke with Jade as she was attending the United Nations Conference of the Parties, or the COP, where thousands of people were gathering to discuss climate solutions. Native and Indigenous practices 
can be injected into the climate fight to solve previously unsolvable problems. Jade, would you consider yourself to be a nature lover? I do consider myself a nature lover. Check my Airbnb profile. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather be in the rural forests and the places with no Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, definitely, I'm a horse rider at heart. I'm, I'm a backcountry hiker and skier. That's what I do during my off time to find joy. I grew up playing in the snow and in the mountains with all the aspens. That's where I feel most myself. And I think we become more centered, more grounded, and really can connect with who we truly are when we're in these spaces. So I'm seeing you light up when you're talking about nature and you mentioned being in it makes you feel more like who you truly are. Tell me more about your identity and how that impacts and inspires the work that you do. Yeah, I believe my tribal identity and my cultural identity is 99.9% of why I do what I do. Definitely growing up traditionally so connected to my language and ceremony has has also been uh, a really huge factor. And a lot of people I've worked with from Indigenous communities, whether that's Indigenous peoples in the Amazon or Indigenous peoples in the Arctic, if they lose their territories, if they have a river that is poisoned by oil or by any other type of pollution, that is a part of their identity. You can't have the health of community and the health of nature be separate. Mm -hmm. And something I would love to see in climate policy that would honor Indigenous rights and Indigenous cosmology is is the rights of nature. Mm -hmm. Something that we're seeing playing out in places like New Zealand where rivers have rights just like humans have rights. Jade, you gave us an example from New Zealand. What do you think U.S. climate policy might look like when it better reflects and incorporates Native values? Where where should it start? I think it'd be great to see climate policy reflect our demands for land back. Generally, when we're talking about land back as organizing groups, as grassroots organizations, as frontline communities, uh, we're not talking about making people go back, you know, to wherever they came from. But it's really about having sovereignty and having self-determination over lands that were stolen from us and reconnecting and revitalizing culture and land practices so that we can bring the environment, the climate back into a balance. The ability to have self-determination, it covers being able to to practice our cosmologies and to practice our, our ways of life and have the right to be able to do so in the future. Talking about, you know, sovereignty of native lands and you're talking about the land back movement, 
Last month, we talked with Dr. Adrienne Keene, and she mentioned that there's indigenous knowledge that could provide a pathway forward, especially when it comes to the impending climate catastrophe. Can you talk through what some of that knowledge is? Yeah, so indigenous peoples across the world are the world's first climate scientists. We were understanding ecosystems and how they worked long before Columbus set foot, you know, in the Americas or long before, you know, there was such a thing as a climate scientist. And so we have this intrinsic and this is, you know, yeah, speaking for people like from my community, but also indigenous peoples all over the world, we have this really old knowledge about how to keep ecosystems in in balance, like whether that's knowing how to have safe burns of woods or forests to ensure that there's a reduced risk of wildfire, whether that's knowing how to create safety barriers on coasts to protect people from erosion and floods. There's all kinds of knowledge that exists out there, and those are real climate solutions, and they need to be invested in, but they also need to be acknowledged in places like here at the COP, where thousands of people are about to get here and discuss, you know, climate solutions. Indigenous knowledge really needs to be upheld in in these types of spaces, and also at the level of local and city climate management and building when cities and towns build climate plans or adaptation plans, they need to consider local indigenous knowledge and really make relationships with those people to inform those plans. Do you have any examples of where indigenous solutions are in place to help fight uh, climate change currently? Yeah, there's so many indigenous-led solutions. One I'll speak about is a local regenerative economy based on the farming of kelp and the fishing practices in Southeast Alaska. Mm-hmm. And the kelp is is a many-fold, two, three, four-fold solution where it cleans the water, mm-hmm. it removes carbon dioxide, it becomes a fuel, it can become a food source. They're building a, an economy out of that. So creating a, a local product that they can sell with the community and provide food to the community. And then with the fishing, they're doing something that they've always done and turning that into a program where they feed their elders and providing jobs. And so it's this whole circular model, but it's addressing all the things, food inequity, job insecurity, climate change. So that that is being led by Native Conservancy and building land trusts and reclaiming land. Mm-hmm. And so those are the types of models that we want to empower and invest in and support. And I'll shout out my team at Expedition Studios, where my dear friend and colleague and I are working on a film called Sol y Cielo, which translate to salt and sky. And this film is about lithium mining in Chile. And so this is another climate story about how as we're building the renewable economy here in the global north and all over the world, 
all of those solar panels, all of those wind turbines, electric cars, et cetera, et cetera. They need lithium, they need minerals for the batteries. But where where does that come from? Indigenous lands. So again, we're creating this other, you know, this other dynamic of consuming and taking too much than what a community or the earth can handle. And how do we deal with that? Part of the problem of pushing for policy change is that there's a tendency to try to solve many nuanced issues with one federal bill. Um, Is there a strategy for addressing the ways in which different communities are affected by climate change with a more tailored approach? Yeah, so I think a lot of climate and environmental justice groups are already saying one size does not fit all. With my role in the WEJAC, the White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council, I'm actually fairly impressed by the diversity of people on that advisory council to do to do just this. We have to pressure within the EPA, within you know the White House climate team, the Army Corps of Engineers, etc., who make who make these decisions um, that impact our community. We have to create indicators for them to get the capacity to understand the nuances of all these different communities. And it's not just with, you know, solutions building. It's also about investment. And my team at Indian Collective, we wrote a memo on this this past summer. We knew that the infrastructure package was coming down the line. And one big capacity gap in small communities or rural communities and and tribes, for example, is capacity to distribute funding equitably. And so something that we're doing now is advising these groups, um, these agencies to also invest in capacity so that when these communities receive all this funding, it can flow and, and not just flow in one zone, but flow across the community in an equitable way. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. 
All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. So I'm I'm pretty passionate about race, and I think that's come through on the show uh, in more than one episode. But I think one thing that I don't think about as often is issues of environmental justice. How does the fight for racial equity intersect with your work to craft climate policy? Racial equity is climate justice, and and climate justice is racial equity. So climate policy could include practical ideas of decolonization, taking into account things like truth reconciliation and reparations. You know, those types of practices on the city council level, at the state level, at the national level, really do have impacts that, you know, are are really connected to like racial equity. Uh, you know, when we are able to claim land back or reclaim our lands, in some cases, yes, maybe there is like conservation models happening where we're protecting land or protecting sacred sites. But in other cases, developing land so that we can welcome our relatives who have had to move because of climate impacts. We're really thinking about where we're headed and these are the realities and we're really trying to prepare for all of the challenges you're on the Environmental Justice Advisory Council. So you're actually in there doing the work. What's it like working within that political system, knowing that it's a system that in the past has been oppressive towards Native and Indigenous folks? What does that look like working in that system in order to actually create the type of change that you need? Working in the system, it's been challenging. It's been frustrating. Uh, But all with the nuance that We've made a lot of progress. Deb Halland is the Secretary of Interior and managing a department that oversees the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Mm -hmm. And never before has an Indigenous person held that role. Now we have an Indigenous person making decisions about a department that 
really impacts our people and our tribes. So I I feel a lot more comfortable working within a system that has made that type of progress. I'm also seeing grassroots leaders such as myself in these types of roles, advising, giving guidance, helping these agencies navigate um, really the changing landscape when we're talking about what equity means, when we talk about what justice means, and really from a foundational place of wanting to dismantle white supremacy within these systems. Mm -hmm. I also see grassroots leaders holding roles in the Department of Indian Energy, for example. My clan sister, Wahela Johns, salt of the earth organizer from Navajo Nation, who has worked so hard for her people to transition from coal energy to renewable energy, is now leading that department. So I think it's all to say that it's always going to be frustrating working within these systems until we've really changed them, until we've achieved our big movement goals of systems change. But the progress that we've made, especially considering the last four years, it's really huge. And I, I, I urge people all the time that I work with, that I speak to, that follow me on social media to not take that for granted. Knowing that in the, in the next four years, we could have a different president who has a different agenda. How do you plan to keep this agenda moving forward uh, despite ever-changing political landscape? Oof, Ronald, this is a, a vast and nuanced question. We won the 2020 election by a hair. You know, it was mm-hmm. so close. And so we need to be working in better relationship now and through next year in in the lead up to uh, the next presidential election. If we continue to play this kind of, you know, woke police against each other and shut each other down because we're not, you know, the perfect model of of equity or justice, then we're really going to continue to stay divided and and see our progressive movements separate and and diverge. You know, what I'm not seeing is the other side separate in the way that we are. And that really concerns me. Where can listeners learn more about the causes that you're focused on? Are there films, books, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So our handles are all the same on all the platforms, NDN Collective. And then my entire undergrad, I was watching documentaries and learning about people. A lot of these stories were about the environment. And one documentary that impacted me the most, I think, to move in into this direction was the documentary Chasing Ice, which is about the rate at which glaciers are melting and that advocates for climate justice. The film is by Jeff Orlowski, who I can now call a really dear and close friend um, and colleague. Jay, thank you so much for being with us today. We learned so much. Thank you. It's an honor to speak with you. 
Jay Begay is the Indie In Collective's Climate Justice Campaign Director. She is Navajo and Tasuki Pueblo. She has a Master of Arts degree in Environmental Leadership and is part of President Biden's White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council. You can find a link to the Indie In Collective and to Jade's film, Sal y Cielo, in our show notes. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Research by David Ja. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias, and our executive producer is Mia LaBelle. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.